and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the third episode of the Air It Out podcast. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Gosker. On the phone with me is Jolan Bioqua. He will be my guest. We are working through the pandemic, so once we can kind of get in the same room, uh, it'll be very, much, much easier. But for now, Jolan joins me on the phone, and uh, we have another exciting podcast for you today. We're going to talk some NFL here to start the NFL, how it returns, some over-under predictions for the NFC. Next, next time we'll do the AFC, but this time we'll do the NFC. We'll talk a little bit about how the NFL is, is working with surgery masks and, and looking at different face masks. We'll talk a little bit about the last dance, which just which just ended, unfortunately. And then we'll talk about where sports goes from here. Jolan, welcome back to the third episode. How excited are you, my friend? You're great to be back and super excited. Um, working through the phone isn't too fun, but uh, soon we'll link up soon. Yeah, we, we do whatever we have to do and uh, to get content out to you guys. So... Let's get going here again, ladies and gentlemen. The, the the NFL has been the one sport that is just kind of sitting back and grinning. They got their free agency in. They got their combine in. They got their draft in. No games have been affected yet. The worst thing that's been affected is OTAs. But here we are, Jolan, as we approach the fall. Things are starting to get real. Now we still have a couple months to go. But, you know, what is your outlook on how the NFL can restart? Will it restart? You know, kind of, what are they working with here in your eyes? Um, well, I think they're going to start on time. Um, a lot of states are looking to reopen. I know California is now aiming to reopen toward June for pro sports. It's funny what you can do with a little bit of money. Um, but, yeah, I think for the NFL standpoint, they're sitting in the perfect position. Like you already noted, they got their draft in. They got their free agency in. Um, their camps, yeah, it's going to be OTAs or virtual right now. Um, I mean, not OTAs, uh, but spring camp is uh, virtual right now. Um, but when they start getting to mandatory camps in the summertime, I think it's going to be open. And I think the season's looking to start on time. Absolutely. And I agree with you. Again, money talks a lot louder than a lot of us want it to. Uh, but, but in reality, it does. And, and we're going to see a lot of things. Tom Brady today got down to a high school in Tampa, Florida, that has been closed to their athletes. Yet Tom Brady's allowed on it. Him and his receivers finally getting together. Um, you obviously know why Tom Brady was allowed on there. The point being, right. The point being, I think what a lot of us are seeing is this thing's going to cool down. We know there's a second wave coming. We know the winter's going to be bad. So it 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 really is up to these fall sports to kind of get things rocking and rolling and try to get as much in as they possibly can. And the NFL, man, they they have done a lot of things right this off season. And, and again, whether there's fans, whether there's no fans, I think they're making the right decision in that they need to start on time because the economic impact of this, and, and again, I'm no economist. I graduated with an economics degree, but I'm not an economist by any stretch of the imagination. The economic impact of this is massive. They, the NFL by itself employs so many thousands and may, you know, maybe millions of people that, that if you lose that, it's a bad, bad sign. It, you know, again, I think, I think people are going to have to deal without the fans and again, I know that's a big part of the game, but Jolan, I want to get your thoughts on it. it. Yeah, fans are a big part, but we might just have to live with this new reality, right? I mean, uh, not even the fans and the whole decision making, because um, I think they're not going to go without fans just for the safety of players, uh, most importantly, and like the coaches and staff as well. Um, I know it's going to affect some uh, job loss and stadiums and whatnot, but I think uh, the NFL is out of a good position to handle that with all the money they've generated over the past couple of years and what they will generate through uh, TV this year. I also want to point out that from a PR standpoint, Roger Goodell come out looking super clean. Manfred just had his spiel with the MLB. 
Um, he's looking really bad in the eyes of the public. Goodell was looking bad, and now he has a chance to make a good rebound and start looking bright in the uh, public's eye. The, the draft did absolute wonders for him. And, and again, I want to get your thoughts on this. Listen, neither one of us are ex- health experts. I want to get your thoughts. What what is the NFL going to do? Because whether we want to whether we want to acknowledge it or not, somebody's going to test positive in the NFL for COVID nineteen when they start playing, when they're in training camp, when they're in season. Somebody is going to test positive. What are your thoughts on how they can handle that? Is it is does the NFL have to be one and done, one positive test, and they shut everything down? Do, I don't think we can operate that way. How do you think the league can handle that? Well, they're taking steps with the uh, face masks and the N95 material. I know they're looking into that. Um, I don't know how legitimate that's going to be with like contact and making it as strong as possible. Um, but I know they're looking in a positive direction for that. But as far as it comes, um, Von Miller has already tested positive. He came back. Um, I think a lot of these dudes are asymptomatic, too. Like, I, I don't know what this disease is going to look like over the summer and heading into the fall because high temperatures can sometimes kill a virus and whatnot. That's restate. We're not medical experts. Um, But I think that the NFL, like I said, is in a good position to make the adjustments on the fly. They have a lot of money, a lot of backing. Um, And right now, they're ahead of it. They're not behind it. They've gotten ahead of it, and and they will continue to be ahead of it. Absolutely. There there is not near the pressure currently on the NFL as there is a sport like baseball. Um, That was, you know, whether, whether you want to agree with it or not, they were losing fans before the pandemic. And now there is no baseball, and they might have a lockout next year. Uh, you look at the NBA, the postseason was right around the corner. So the NFL is definitely sitting prime and pretty and trying to figure this thing out. This thing out. And the one thing we do know for sure is they got some smart dudes sitting up there making decisions, uh, researching different things. And, and I, I do believe by the fall, if you don't have a plan for this thing, uh, you, you're going to be in deep trouble. What I will say is the, the one thing that makes this so much different than, than a lot of what we've seen, and 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 Jolan, I'll ask your opinion on this after I state it. You this 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 virus is not just how you contract it and how you spread it to your family. It is very much how you can take it and you could spread it to somebody else's body and how somebody else can spread that to somebody with conditions and that could lead to death. Do you think that changes? the plans as, as opposed to something where it's just like, if you get it, only your family's affected. What, you know, kind of, what do you think about that statement? Well, of course you have to be, um, courteous to other people. Um, you have to have the hindsight to look after others. Um, it's not a me, me, me situation here. Um, yes, we should be reopening things. I think, yes, we should be coming back, but we should be smart. There should be, um, personal protection for yourself and not for yourself, for others. So I think it's important to look after other people and look after yourself and your family too. Again, I, I, I 100% agree. And, and, you know, that's one of the hard things for a lot of people, especially our age, Jolan, is is we're in demographics that are okay. Like ge- generally our demographic and, and the guys in the NFL and some of these top flight athletes, they're okay. But it but it's, again, it's not, you mentioned it, it's not me, 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 it's, you know, how does it get spread? And, and, and if it gets spread to somebody with conditions, it could be a problem. So I do think the NFL will resume. And the NFL is going to take every precaution in the book and they're going to do the right thing like they have been doing all offseason. So uh, it, it is going to be it is going to be rather intriguing. And you mentioned that they're going to look to use some face mask, use that out of surgical material. What, what can you tell me about that? 
Um, I don't know too much about it personally, um, but I do know they're looking after um, some N- the same material they use N95 masks they make out of. They're trying to put that in the face mask somehow. I don't know how much it's going to help because how much a face mask is open. Um, but there are articles on ESPN um, that we could drop with this video to link you to. Yeah, absolutely. If you need any of the links, uh, any of that stuff, you can find it on ESPN.com. You can ask us to drop it uh, anywhere, anywhere you need. But I, I do think, again, that's part of the creative nature that we're seeing here. So uh, the, the, NFL, the NFL needs to resume. I think it will resume. Uh, we're, we're in agreement there. So let's get to a- some actual season talk here. And, and Joe, I mentioned it in the opening. We're going to talk NFC over-unders. And the way this is going to work is Jolan's going to give me the number. He's going to, well, first of all, he's going to tell us where he, where he's getting these numbers from. And then second of all, He's going to tell me the number for the team, and I'm going to tell you whether they, they're going to win over or under that number. Or it could be a push if it's a solid number. Uh, so a solid number would be six rather than five and a half. So it, it'll be it'll be pretty simple. So, Jolan, let's kick us off, my friend. We're only doing the NFC today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, all win totals are brought to you by VegasInsider.com. Um, let's start by the NFC West. Um, Cardinals, seven and a half. This is a really tough decision. They are one of the most intriguing teams in the entire league. I'm going to go over here. I think they get to at least 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins is going to be special. Um, 49ers, 10.5. I'm going over here, too. I, I Again, I think it's a team that they, I, I don't see where they got significantly worse. I think they can win 12 games again this year um, You know, without having their schedule in front of me. I still believe this is a team that can get back to 12 wins and they have all the talent too. And, you know, they, they went from Joe Staley at left tackle to Trent Williams. So, you know, they, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to feel pretty good. We're going to see about a Super Bowl hangover, uh, but I think they still get to 11 or 12 wins. That's facts, Rothen, no um, Seattle at nine. You know, I'm going to – so they're, they're at nine solid, right? Yeah, so I'm going to push here. I think they'd win nine games. I think, the, you know, it, it, a couple of the guarantees in life are death, taxes, and Russell Wilson winning nine games to get into the postseason somehow. So I, I believe they. I believe that's a push, and they win nine games this season. Russ Magic is a thing. Los Angeles Rams, eight flat. I'm going under here. Uh, I think they're going to go seven and nine. I, I really do. I think it's a team that, that while Todd Gurley isn't as big of a departure as many think, I do, th- I do think this team, there, there's no identity. Now, what I will tell you scares me is leaving Sean McVay in his office to make up plays during a pandemic where he's only allowed to stay in his house. That does kind of scare me a little bit, but I'm still going to go under, and I think they win seven games this season. A lot of money left on the table, too, for Los Angeles. Um, from one coast to the other, the NFC East, let's start with NYG, 6.5. Yeah, I'm going to go under here. I'm going to go to six. I think the Giants win six games this year. Uh, they build a little bit on this momentum. The lack of an offseason hurts them, but you can kind of see the makings of Joe Judge's system, and I think the Giants improved their win total from last season, but I do believe it, it is under 6.5, and, and they get to 6. Make no mistake about it, 6 is progress. Um, Philadelphia, 9.5. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, it, this is one of the harder ones in the entire NFC, but I'm going to go over here. I, I think the Eagles are going to win the division. Listen, the Eagles won the division last year 
with Joe Schmo from Walmart playing wide receiver. Okay, they they won with basically nobody on the field, and now what do they do the whole offseason? They addressed it with speed, speed, speed. Not big names, but speed. The big addition, and and it's not really an addition because he was on the roster last year, but he came back from injury this season. Deshaun Jackson. I think he's going to be a huge impact for them. I think they win ten or eleven games and they win the division. Dallas, 10 flat. Whew, this is hard. I'm going to go under. I think they win nine games. Uh, you know, and again, I'm, are you, the, the addition of CeeDee Lamb makes that offense extremely dangerous, but I, I don't think they really did much defensively. But again, we saw what their offense was able to do last year uh, and carried them basically to 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I think they have a chance. Uh, we have to see what Van Der Esch's health is like with his neck. Uh, not 100% sure there. I do think they get the nine wins. I do think they finish second in the division. Byron Jones on the move as well. Redskins, five flat. This is, uh, yeah, whew. Um, huh. You know what? I'm going to go under here. I think they win four games. You know, a team that, again, it's it's Ron Rivera's culture. And and you know this as well as I do, Jolan. His culture isn't the easiest to follow. He's a very rigorous guy. He's an old school kind of guy. So I think it takes them some time to develop. Um, maybe look at them as a team like the Dolphins last year who kind of gained some momentum at the end of the year, maybe look for the Redskins to get some wins there, but I think they're under and I think they win four. That wraps up the NFC East and on to the NFC North to the Windy City, Chicago Bears, eight flat. Yeah, I'm going to go push here. I think they're an eight, eight football team. I think last year was more of an anomaly. Uh, well, I think each of the last two years have been an anomaly to be completely honest with you when they were 12 and I believe they were 12 and four um, or they were, you know, they were really, really good. Uh, I think that was an anomaly, and then as bad as they were last year, I think was an anomaly. I, again, Mitch Trubisky is not the answer, but do I think they can get the eight wins, be eight and eight with that defense in the Windy City? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to push. The Vikings, nine games flat. Yeah. The, oh, um. Hmm. You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to say they get the ten wins. A team that's just been the model of consistency. You can argue what they've done in the postseason, and and Kirk Cousins finally getting that monkey off his back. Actually, down in down in New Orleans last year, uh, maybe an offensive PI, but it, that's a whole discussion for another day. I think they get Fantasy the ten Fantasy wins. Alert. What? Oh, I'm just, let me interrupt you. Fantasy fans alert. Adam Thielen by himself. Yeah, this is true. But they bring in Justin Jefferson. Uh, we'll see how that kind of chemistry develops. I think they get the ten wins. Packers, nine games, but yeah, I'm going over here. I, I think they win the division. I, I really do. They, you know, again, a, a lot of their wins last year were in close games, but, but you know, this as well as I do great teams, find ways to win close games. That's just the way it is. And, and again, are they the class of the NFC? No. Are they going to get to the Super Bowl? No, but I, I, they're a good enough team. And they got a guy named Aaron Rodgers who's, who's last time I checked is pretty good. So uh, I'll take them in the, in close games. And I think they win the division. And I think they get, Closer to 11, so I'll go over. Detroit Lions, six and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under here. Uh, they, they had so many holes to fill. They had a really good draft, actually. I, I was very, very impressed. They got DeAndre Swift there in the second round. Uh, they, they obviously get Jeff Okuda in the first round. But I, I, there's just too many holes to fix. Who knows what's going to happen with Matt Stafford. Again, he wasn't injury-prone necessarily before last season with his fractured back. Uh, he had been a warrior the whole time. But he's not getting any younger, and who knows who knows what your first major injury can do to your career. So I'm going to go under. 
hold to the Sun. Uh, NFC South, Atlanta, seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I think they win. I would. I'm going to say either six or seven games. Again, this is a team that that shocked a lot of people at the end of last year, only because they played better when they found out Dan Quinn was going to get fired. So, you know, why should I have any confidence in them now? I, you know, again, I, I think they win. They're, they're uber talented. Their entire offense is first round picks. It's the only time in NFL history that'll ever happen. Uh, obviously, if we get started, but I'm going to go under. I think they win six or seven games. They're an extremely tough division. Speaks volumes about a coach when your players are willing to go hard for you. Absolutely. Um, the Panthers, five and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I think they went five. You know, I, I again, Matt Rule is a guy very built on culture, and 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 he's it's going to take some time. They only drafted defensive players in the draft, so I think it's going to take some time for them to develop. Teddy Bridgewater, this is going to be his first year fully starting uh, since back in Minnesota. So uh, we're going to find out a lot about it. Expect a heavy dose of Christian McCaffrey, but I think about five wins is is right for them. So I'll go under. New Orleans Saints, 10 and a half. Yeah, a, t- a team that's just been terrific in the regular season every year. So I'm going to go over. Uh, they're either going to get to 11 or 12 wins. And uh, I think they win the division. I really do. Uh, this is a team, again, that has been terrific in the regular season. I cannot emphasize that enough. The regular season, they have been great. And so is Drew Brees. So uh, there, there's no reason to expect anything less, especially with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders to that offense. Uh, should hopefully... Free up Michael Thomas a little bit better. If not, it frees Emmanuel Sanders up. So uh, I'm going to go over. And the possible um, best for last, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nine and a half. Yeah. Th- oh, man. Nine- wow. Nine and a half. This is tough. It, again, this is going to be. This is going to be. This is going to be the most fun team to watch all year. I'm going to say. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say they win nine. I, I think it's going to take them a little bit of a little bit of time to figure each other out, especially without an off season. Uh, I think I think you know you are going to see some growing pains, but then I think this team could get hot down the stretch, and which makes them extremely dangerous in the playoffs. So uh, I'm going to go under, but I'm only going to go to nine. Uh, you know, nothing lower than that. All right. To wrap up, who do you think will win the NFC by Febu- uh, come February? Who do you think going to trip the Super Bowl? Oh man, this is. Huh. Uh, this is tough. It you know it is really tempting to pick Tampa Bay. There's so many storylines. You know, can Drew Brees get one more? Can Aaron Rodgers get one more? This is tough. I I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the San Francisco 49ers again. I'm gonna pick them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl once again. Again, I, I understand the Super Bowl hangover, but but this team is uber talented. Kyle Shanahan is a genius. He is a proven genius, obviously, until we get to the fourth quarter of Super Bowls. But he is a proven genius, and I and I think he can get this team back to where they need to be. All right, that officially wraps up the NFC over-under from VegasInsider.com. Yeah, absolutely. So stay tuned. Next time, we'll do the AFC. But I want to move into something we, we got to watch this weekend, Jolan, and hopefully everybody has seen all of it at this point. There, there will be spoilers and talked about points from the last couple episodes of The Last Dance. So if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. You probably should. But, Jill, I want to get your thoughts overall on on, on, on the documentary as a whole, your thoughts on Jordan, kind of kind of the whole thing going around here. Uh, well, on the documentary as a whole, I think Jordan's the coolest guy to ever walk the face of the planet. Besides Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman's a bit cooler. Um, 
But it really paints a picture of Michael Jordan dominating that 1990s era. I mean, I'm not a GOAT Jordan supporter, uh, but the documentary itself made him look really good. Um, and it made uh, the 90s basketball look super tough, which I don't agree with. I think it was a little uh, chippy. I think it was ridiculous, to be honest. Um, and I got some comments. But what do you think about the documentary itself before we just debate about Jordan? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a really good documentary. Um, I'm a little bit biased because one one of the good connections I've made while I've been at school, his team, uh, you know, helps um, edit and and produce a documentary like this. So um, he's you know he's the goat to me. So um, uh, uh, and so you know, getting back to Jordan, you mentioned Rodman. You know, I don't know if there's another player in this league that could act the way Rodman did back then. Now, um, and 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 I don't I don't know what coach. Could it could have him under wraps? Uh, so you know, but again, he's a, he's a whole different character. What I will say, Jolan, is this: we people have to understand. You can still say Michael Jordan is the greatest winner of all time, or he is the greatest player of all time, and you can also say he was a bully. That it's okay. You can admit that the guy made up stories to motivate himself. He he told Horace Grant on a flight that he couldn't eat because he played like dog crap. Like, you can say he was the greatest winner, greatest player of all time, and you can say he's a bully. They are mutually exclusive. So I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, but but let's talk about Jordan. What, what do you got for me? Well, bad teammate is the perfect introduction because people want to talk about the GOAT and how Michael Jordan's the GOAT. He's not. I personally think LeBron is, but even guys that get mentioned in that conversation, like Will Chamberlain, like Magic Johnson, they elevated their teams. Um, you want to talk about GOAT numbers, He's 43rd in career assists. That's your goat? Another point, I, I want to ask you about this because it's a great point. I actually uh, took it from TPS uh, Sports. They noted that Jordan mostly beat up on expansion teams during the 1990s. They had a wave of, I think, six to eight teams, I think, joined the NBA in the 1990s. Um, and they're only playing five games around one. I think that hinders the accomplishments when LeBron had to go out here against the Spurs dynasty against Dirk, against the Golden State dynasty, and he loses, but Jordan basically walks to a finals against a bunch of scrubs and beats up on the expansion Hornets to get there. I think that really tarnishes the look of the 90s. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it is it is it is really fascinating. I do think that part of the, the playoff series and, you know, I, I agree with that. So when you know when people only say, "Well, Michael Jordan only played three game sevens, you know, go, uh, you know, to go, um, excuse me, to advance or or go home," well, you know, you really should count game fives because game fives back then were basically what game sevens are. Like, let's be completely honest about it. You either won or you went home. Regardless, the the whole expansion team. You know what? I can agree with it except for the fact that they also eliminated the most 60-win teams in NBA history from the playoffs, you know, at seven. So, you know, they some of their some of their competition may have been diluted by expansion teams, but I, I would have to say for the most part, when it got to the postseason, a, you know, I do I think the East was overrated? Do I think people say, like, the East was the greatest back then? Yeah, I'm not a big believer in it. But what I will tell you is they, they backed it up by beating the most 60-win teams in NBA history. Well, another argument we could have um, is Phil Jackson, proven winner after he left the Bulls. 
I'm not talking about the 90s. He went out to beat up another decade and win five titles the Lakers. Do you, does anyone give Michael Jordan's like success credit to Phil Jackson? No. But Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are always the goats. I think Phil Jackson gets underplayed way too much in part of that Bulls dynasty. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, and and people do this all the time. It's it's who is it? Is it Michael or is it Phil? Last time I checked, Joanne, you know this because you're a smart person just like me and just like about 99% of our listeners can understand this analogy. When you make a puzzle, it is not, can I use this piece or can I use this piece? It's they have to mix and they have to be perfectly aligned together to work and make it look like the picture on the front. That is what this is about. They, they are two perfect puzzle pieces. Do I think Phil gets enough credit? No. How about the fact that Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan writing poetry after the 1998 finals? He does not get enough credit for that. Okay, so let, let's be very honest about that. Uh, so I, I do agree with you on that. And uh, one more thing. Um, remember when Jordan retired real quick? Yep. Pippen led that team to a bunch of wins in a deep playoff run. I mean, yep. they got bound. Don't get me wrong. They didn't win. Um, but before Pippen got there, they were 0-3 in the first round. Jordan got bounced. Round one, never happened to LeBron. And then by year two of Pippen, they were already in the Eastern Conference Finals. So things were headed in the positive direction the minute Tipping got there, not before. Yeah, and, and, and how about this? Michael Jordan may have never came back to basketball if the 1994 MLB strike didn't happen. So just think about that for a second. So He made the majors. Yeah, I, you know, there, there's a lot that went into that. And again, I this is, this is what bothers me too, and, and this is not directly to your point, but going to the point that they could have won a seventh, they – he could not have done it without Scotty. Let's let's be completely honest about that. There's not there's not many superstars that have ever done it solo. And and, and again, I'm going to be fair here. LeBron did it with D Wade. He did it with Kyrie. He did it with Bosh. He did it with Love. Like so, you know, I'm not saying whose help was better, but superstars generally do it with a Robin. There is there is always a Robin to a Batman. Okay, so yeah, I, I think Scotty was the perfect Robin for him. I mean, that's just all my points. So Jordan, not to go. I'm there. So I, I think it's really interesting. I thought we saw some transparency with the flu game, which which uh, a lot of people pointed to as some BS a couple years ago. Glad we finally got some clarity about that. Do I really believe that, that somebody would on the phone say, hey, I want a large pizza for Michael Jordan and be that stupid? No, I don't. Do I think five delivery guys are going to poison a pizza? You know, I I don't really know what to believe. But overall, I thought the documentary was terrific. I thought it gave us all something to watch. And what's to come? Well, you have the new Blackballed uh, documentary about Donald Sterling and the Clippers that came out yesterday. It's on Quibi, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, The Lance Armstrong documentary is coming out. The uh, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa documentary is coming out. Bruce Lee uh, documentary is coming out. Joel, which one of those are you most excited for? Uh, The Donald Sterling one, no doubt. I know Doc Rivers is a part of it. Um, Chris Paul is a part of it. Blake Griffin is a part of it. They got some good guys, some outspoken guys. And I think Donald Sterling is a TOS. So I'm not going to get further into that. But yeah, Don Quibby. And uh, what's it called? Blackballed? It's called Blackballed. Yep, absolutely. And again, uh, I think I think part of what it appeals to us, Jolan, is that we were alive and like knowledgeable about it. So like I think Lance Armstrong happened when we were a little bit younger. McGuire and Sosa happened when we weren't born. Jordan, we weren't really born for. 
you know, Bruce Lee, we weren't born for. So, but this was something we, we kind of, you know, we lived through this, uh, you know, and, and we kind of can remember some of the stories. So I think it relates to us a little bit, a little bit better. So, uh, I'm excited for all of them, man. I, you know, I, we, we need sports in our lives. Things are starting to come back. We, we, what I will tell everybody is continue to be safe, continue to be smart, wear your mask, do, you know, kind of do whatever we can to get back to a normal. And, and we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Again, this is the third episode. The fourth episode will come out maybe a week or two from now. Joland, where, where can these people find us? Um, Twitter and Instagram, um, air it out podcast, um, or air it out dot podcast on Instagram and then at podcast air it out on Twitter. Um, yeah, everyone stay safe, stay smart and be smart. Yeah. Feel free to reach out to us. Give us a follow, leave a comment, you know, on, on the, on the podcast, do whatever you have to do, spread it to your friends. Don't spread the virus to your friends, spread the podcast to your friends. Stay safe, everybody. And we'll see you next time on the air it out podcast. Peace.